This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. It's not Friday already. What's going on? It's Monday and, yeah, it feels a bit odd, doesn't it? What a way to start my Monday, speaking to Ben Garner uh, half eight in the morning. I'm, sh- I'm sure he agrees that it's just how he'd like to start his week as well. But yeah, here we are. A, a, another another presser. Another presser. And we promised that availability pending, we would do as many for the league games as possible. And it's been a while since we had a midweeker. So that's why we're doing this during my Monday lunch break. Um, commitment to the cause is probably dangerously high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's got it's got to be done, hasn't it? I'm just fitting it into my day and gonna stress about everything else going on outside of uh, these podcasts once I'm finished, and then I can go and cry somewhere. And cry, <laughs> you and I shall. Um, <laughs> before before we get cracking with the Sutton game, let's let's talk about the Rochdale. The final word on the Rochdale game, really, um, because Connor did a great job in the last pod talking about vibing it, as Connor would say. Um, I don't think he would have it any other way. So. I'm trying to find angles here, having reflected on the conversation 
so it's not repeating ourselves. But do you, do you think that game was a classic kick up the backside to the Swindon players that it's not a foregone conclusion that the three points are going to go our way and Rochdale really did give us a reminder that we've got to see these games out? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. In, in, in some ways, it was kind of just, it, it was a good performance. And, it, and it's strange because we've heard kind of, you know, managers before Ben Garner say like it was a, it was a good performance. We just didn't get the points. But genuinely, as to waste wins home form feels, feels at the moment. It was a good attacking performance is what I would say. I think it was quite woeful defensive at times, you know, for, for their opening goal where he, he was just slipped through. Uh, Swindon's defence was just sleeping, I think, at that stage. That That's where it's kind of a bit uh, of damaging to, to the Robins. Uh, you know, uh, not as much kick at the backside, but maybe it's a little bit of a kind of, just a little bit of a message to them as well. Again, just because you score against it against a team and go one up, you know, against a team that's not playing very well or, or just because you're coming up against the team that's at the bottom of the table, they can still still hurt you if you do switch off. So, you know, it's it's a shame that our home form's not getting better, um, really. We, we, but at least we're not losing games. Hey, our kids, you had friends down from Manchester for this. <laughs> did they enjoy themselves? They did. They did. They, they loved it, to be fair. You know, they loved the crowd. Thought it was a great atmosphere at the county ground. Um, some of them had never been to a football match before, so that they thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and, I, and I got, you know, I got honest feedback from them on the game, which was nice to hear. How honest? Quite brutally honest, yeah, uh, brutally honest. They weren't impressed with Tyree Simpson, I have to say that. Um, but they were, they loved, you know, they loved the county ground and standing the football. They thought, I think, they thought the football was going to be a lot of just route one booting it forward. But you know, some impressive goals, not not least to mention Ben Ben Gladwin's. Oh, it was lovely, wasn't it? But how are you describing it? We went with Ark. I think Dan Hunt would say dipping volley. What, what were you saying? Yeah, I'd say a different volume, a bit of swerve on it. You know, it kind of almost had that little bit of curl, kind of like the outside foot type shot where it's just left the keeper unable to get a finger to it. It was just brilliant. Oh, it was just just, just a fantastic half volley slice shot. Swerve, not swears. Not swears, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, apparently he does it every uh, all the time in training is what we've been told this morning by Ben Garner that Ben Gladwin is capable of that on his right and left foot. So... You know, maybe we need him up and around the box a little bit more instead of in midfield at times. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's a nice segue to the presser for Monday morning ahead of Tuesday evening's clash at Gander Green Lane, home of Sutton United. In attendance was yourself, of course, Johnny Leefield of the Swindon Advertiser and Sean Hodgetts of BBC Radio Wiltshire. Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty... It's pretty clear that the first questions are going to be about the Rochdale game. I, I got the impression that that Ben Garner was a little bit annoyed post-match. He seemed a little bit less... He looked more irritable than he usually is in a post-match. Would you say that was true? I would agree. I, I would agree. It was kind of the first sense of real frustration we've seen from Ben Garner. And I, I think that's just come from, you know, kind of the home form that we've had. And again, having a good chance... To, to win a game in front of the home crowd. Except not, let's not forget, we've only had one win now from six home games, I believe it is. So we're certainly drawing and, you know, we've lost a couple at home as well. We just can't seem to find find the goal that, that gets us all three points at this moment in time so not, or not concede the goal that, get, that stops us getting the three points. It's just I think that's what we saw from Ben Garner on, on Saturday evening. He was just peed off about it. And, and again, this morning he was, but, 
you know, these Monday morning press conferences after a Saturday game, they're always kind of a little bit shorter on context and a lot of the messages do get repeated again. Yeah, of course. And, you know, he was happy with the performance, disappointed with the goals conceded, textbook press conference snuff. Um, but he, he did sort of highlight how much he enjoyed the goals. Yeah, he did. He he, he he actually was very impressed with the attacking performance of the team. And that's one thing that he did, did touch on, you know, that, that Ben Gladwin's strike was brilliant. He, he As we said there, he talked about how kind of he, he's able to do this and he does this on his left foot, he does it on his right foot in training. And he was also really impressed that his substitutes had an impact and that Jolly, Johnny Williams came on, got amongst it straight away. And of course, so did so Kessler Hayden. So he said from an attacking point of view, it was brilliant because we've had these players come off the bench as well. You know, they, they've made an impact. We've dominated the game in attacking areas. And he, just defensively, he said we made too many defensive mistakes and that was why we were punished. In terms of the man of the match, um, you know, listeners to the podcast gave it to Ben Gladwin. Connor gave it to Ben Gladwin. But the sponsors, they wanted to uh, meet the, the it guy around at the moment, which was, of course, Harry McCurdy. This was asked, um, what did what did Ben Garner say about Harry McCurdy's performance? Well, I feel that this question was asked because of possibly Harry McCurdy kind of actions when he got onto the bench following being withdrawn on Saturday. Now I haven't seen it myself. I watched Harry get substituted and he and he looked quite calm and he was shaking hands. But then apparently, you know, when he sat down there was a lot of anger that was coming out of Harry and there was some really animated actions on the bench. I think that Sean was trying to get a little bit more of a, a take on that. But you know, Ben Garner didn't he just spoke about the man of match very simply. He said he had a good game, you'll get there and he'll keep that getting there. And the main thing is as an attacker, he has a lot of belief in himself, which you know, if you look at Harry McCurdy's start, style of play on the pitch and you look at his social media off the pitch, you'll see he's a very confident individual. Um, and it, it, again, again on Saturday, he might not have been the most deliberate assist, but he had a good like little back heel for Ben Gladwin to set him up. Oh, it was delightful. It was absolutely delightful. Okay. Um, before we move closer to Sutton, Garner was also asked about the FA Cup draw which I file in responses as blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, he was asked about the crew game um, and this FA Cup, FA Cup draw that we've got away at crew at this moment in time. It's a good draw. It's a, it's a, it is a tough draw against the League One outfit, but Garner said, look, at the moment, we can't focus on, on, on crew. We've got to just get these next three League Two games out, out of the way and, and then we'll look at that. But, you know, I'm, I don't know about you, but with this FA Cup draw against Crown, we're quite glad that we've actually come up against a league opposition and not a non-league <laughs> team that we seem to struggle against. I'm feeling more confident playing a League One team than I would playing a non-league outfit. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, we mentioned it on the pod that the response from many fans were was that of I'm happy to get a EFL side instead of a non-league one, but I don't I don't fear any non-league side. I'm a what will be will be s quad s it is what it is sort of person you know we've we've lost too many games against non-league sides over the last 15 20 years to to really feel embarrassed about it anymore you know we've had good swindon teams lose to non-league sides we've had appalling swindon teams lose to non-league sides it, it i think especially with like the national league the the half of that division are League Two standard anyway, so yeah. you know it doesn't really matter. But you know, I kind of want to go away to an eighth step team, step eight team. Um, not that I'd ever get a ticket for it, but there is there is something that's just breaks the monotony of having to play League One, League Two sides that we play all the time. But crew away, it's if it was at home, I'd be much happier. Um, but it is just a meh 
draw for both sides. Yeah, but what you're missing there, Rich, is that you you also, by getting a League One team, you might break the monotony of actually making it to a third round. Steady you know? on. So, you know, that's, that's something that we might actually be able to look at. This this non-league no. curse could be broken and, and we could be on our way to playing a big boy somewhere away. Uh, but let's not get excited about the FA Cup because, as we know, we, we're not a team that likes to play in that competition. No, we'll get Sunderland at the Stadium of Light, like in the second round, and that'll be that. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be that. Okay, Sutton, that's what we're here for. We're 10 minutes in and we haven't even mentioned the game that we're, we're covering um, as per usual. So let's talk about squad availability. Who is available and who is out? Well, let's go with who's out of this game. Who's out of this game? Of course, Ricky Aqua is, is out for Swindon games from now on. He's on a short-term loan at Chippenham. Um, and he, however, he is still training with Swindon Town. And he will mm-hmm. be in at Swindon Town on a day-by-day basis, training with a team, getting the manager's coach, and then he goes to play for Chippenham at the weekend, which is a little bit of a weird setup, if you ask me. Um, well, that's, that's standard practice for that level. It's simply because Chippenham won't be training every day. So ah, Okay, do you know what? I was so conf- I was I was quite confused as to why it was happening. So thank you, Rich. You've uh, you've certainly improved my footballing knowledge there. Um, in terms of other players unavailable, Anthony Grant is back in today. Um, he is training us today. I think this is his first day back in training. So I'd be very very surprised if Anthony Grant makes a trip tomorrow. Um, he, however, he is back in the door. Great great to see. There's no new injuries. And the only other player that was asked about is Jordan Lydon. Of course, he wasn't included in the squad on Saturday. He is still fit though. However. Um, it was just a case of one player had to miss out and it was Jordan Lydon's turn. Mm, yeah. In terms of Anthony Grant, I mean, this podcast is the home shirt sponsor of Grant. So, you know, we're we're big fans, but it goes without saying at the moment, Grant can't get into that 11. However, he can absolutely get onto that bench as cover for both Louis Reed and if need be centre-backs. Not that Anthony Grant wants to play at centre-back, but he can do it. It is important, especially as we head towards winter and the inevitability of in- injuries and suspensions, that he is good to go, isn't it? I mean, I, I fully say that, fully appreciative of the fact that Jamaica have another round of fixtures in November. Hmm. It is It is really important, Anthony Grant, is playing for Swindon. I know you said, you know, maybe you won't play every game, so you've got those... Uh, you know, you've got the likes of Louis Reed and, and Ben Gladwin in midfield ahead of him at this moment in time. That seems to be working well. But Anthony Grant is a big player for town. He has been in the past. He has been at the start of this season as well. And he offers something completely different than what Swindon's midfield has. Because Swindon, you know, if you, if you look at Reed and Gladwin, they're, they're two very talented footballers. Reed is exceptional at kind of getting the ball on the turn and, and spreading that ball wide or putting the ball forward through the lines. But he's we've not got that enforcer in the midfield who likes to make the game a little bit ugly who likes to put in some of those crunching tackles and Swindon need that at times from Anthony Grant and, and he's the only real player that can offer that so it's important that he's fit but at the same time you know is it must be getting very frustrating for Ben Garner in some ways that he's got these talented players there such as Grant and they keep getting called on international duty not to just countries around him, but countries on the other side of the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Yep, as you mentioned, also Ricky Agua has gone on loan to Chippenham, um, announced by Chippenham on Friday, confirmed by the club on Sunday. On Saturday, he actually played for them, winning a penalty, I believe. Amused by the fact that Chippenham keep on spelling his name Aqua with a with a Q, 
um, Aqua EO or whatever. Um, maybe they were keeping it quiet and didn't want they want they were waiting for Swindon to announce it, so changed one letter. Who knows? But that is one of the most logical loan moves around at the moment, and I imagine that was lined up around about the time he signed for the club from Worthing. I'd be quite surprised if it hadn't been lined for a while. Like you said, Ricky Agua will provide good cover for Swindon Town if he's ever called upon. Um, it's it's an interesting move. Maybe he was hoping he would have got a little bit of more time at the club uh, when he first signed it, but Ben Gladwin's delighted with it. He said he's going to get some really good football. He's going to get some some into some good scenarios that we want him to learn from. You know, For example, the other day he, he, he played and, and he had to, his team went down to 10 men and he had to kind of adjust to that. So... You know, it's it's a good move for him and, and Ben Gladwin seems happy that he's been able to at least secure this move somewhere else. Hello, I'm Anthony Grant and you're listening to the Loathed Strangers podcast. OK, then, so let's talk about Sutton United, a, a team that we don't really know much about. We've only played them once in history, um, an FA Cup game many, many moons ago. So we can't really get much out of them. We know that they were the champions of the National League, which isn't you know easy thing to do uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And despite a wobbly start to life in the EFL, they have found spectacular form winning their last four games. What did Ben Garner tell us about Sutton? What what have their scouting network uh, fed back to him? Well, Ben Garner was very impressed with Sutton, and and you know one thing that I didn't know about Ben Garner, which what he revealed in the press conference, was that actually after Ben Garner's injury that kind of ended his career around the age of twenty one when he had to retire, Ben Garner actually went down to Sutton, and his mate he had a friend there that was playing at Sutton. His friend actually got him out of retirement to play a couple of games for them, and then from there Ben started to actually do a little bit of kind of coaching with the Sutton team and the Sutton Academy as well. So he, he kind of actually in many ways, got his first bit of coaching experience down at Sutton. Um, he said they're in fantastic form, as we've all been talking about. You know, they're, they're level on points with us, one position above us um, in the League Two table, sitting there in fifth. Both teams on 20 points. But Sutton have had this kind of brilliant start to the season. They don't draw many games. They've only drawn twice. Um, and, you know, one thing that Ben Garner was keen to point out is that this team managed by Matt Gray, have been deadly from set pieces this season. 50% of their goals, Ben Garner told us this morning, have come through set pieces, whether it's from throw-ins or or from corners. Um, and the other thing that Ben Garner touched on, which was quite a bit of a dig, is that it's important we have a good referee who controls our game. <laughs> he went very hard on the referee. He said, I don't know if the rules have changed, but when I watch our games, we've seen thrones taken 10, 15 yards from the ball, where the ball went out of play. And on the video clips, clips issue, also said they've not heard anything back from the FA at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something he's on at the moment, isn't it? With with the officiate, with the officials, he, he does seem uh, have a bee in his bonnet about it, which is understandable because you know we're talking about careers, aren't we? And some of the sort of bigger decisions that go against can uh, can really uh, impact the season. But it's the basics, isn't it? That he's that that he's got a problem with. That's exactly what I was going to touch on. It's not just happening once. It, you know, it seems to be happening in a lot of Swindon's game that referees are getting some just ludicrous decisions. You know, it, it was it, the main point that Bengana was making. It's not that you know they might make a bad decision, referee, and then and then they'll make another bad decision. It's the fact that they're making one decision for one team and then another decision for another team in the exact same scenario. You know, 
there are some really questionable calls going on. I think Ben Garner's right to perhaps call out the referees at this moment in time. And, and hopefully we see some improvement in this because, you know, there, there are chances the other day against Rochdale whereby cards should have been shown or in, in Swindon's case, cards shouldn't have been shown. Yeah. Any Anything else? I mean, I think I haven't really done much research in, in terms of how Sutton are playing, what their style is, but I do see a few fans sort of suggest that Sutton are a, are a team that like to um, do things the rougher way and yeah. maybe the not so pretty way. Yeah, Ben Garner touched on that. You know, they're a very strong team and, and very physically powerful is, is what he was saying, which, like you said, is is another way of just saying that look, they're a rough team. They they kind of like to put themselves about on the pitch and, and you know, me, almost make it a scrappy game and kind of give it that... It, well, they're a team that's been in the non-league like, like you kind of alluded to there, and they kind of use that non-league experience to probably bring some games down to those types of levels at times with, with as much respect to Sutton as possible. You know, they've had a brilliant start of the season, but they, they do like to play simple football. You know, sometimes long balls over top is a lot of set pieces, as we mentioned. And Swindon's defence will have to be really, and their midfield, the whole team, in fact, will have to be just as physical if they're going to try and get something out of this game. So what are you thinking then in terms of, let's go with the score first and then we'll talk about the lineup because this is going to be a tricky one to to predict. So how do you think Swindon will do on Tuesday night? I think it's going to be a, a tough game against against Sutton. Um, but saying that, if Swindon can get the ball down and play the type of football they want to play and not get you know too carried away and, and lose their heads, I think they have a good chance in this game. So I'm, I'm going to go for Swindon 2, Sutton 1. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going for a very frustrating 1-0 loss based on, on what I've heard about Sutton, which is limited. And I think... You know, I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that our waveform is great, but I, I think they might frustrate us. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that's our first game against them in almost 40 years. So um, let's hope we get a repeat of 1981's FA Cup win um, at the county ground, 2-1. Last minute goal by Howard Pritchard. Lovely. Okay, so how, how, how are we setting this side up? I mean, whether you call it bringing the international players back because they're the better players or just general squad rotation, regardless of how Garner's going to sort of explain the logic of his 11, I think there's going to be a few changes, isn't there? There will certainly be a couple of changes. If, if we run through what my, my prediction is, and we know, to be fair, between the both of us, it takes a little bit of work, but we normally get there or thereabouts mm-hmm. of what the team setup will be. I think Lewis I think Ward... you got it right last week. Oh, there we go. I think even though he had some good moments the other day, Lewis Ward, without criticising too much because of how good he has been recently, I think he did enough wrong in that game for Ben Garner to warrant bringing Jojo Wallacott back in. What did he do wrong? I think, you know, I think his distribution was a little bit poor at times. I think for the first goal, even though Swindon's defence did let him down, I, you know, I, my questionable is, is could he have got a hand to it? straight across his face of goal, possibly. But it was more like a sense of just his all-round pair. I think that he had a good performance, like I said, but there were a couple of moments whereby if Ben Garner was looking for a reason to give Jojo Wallacott his space back in the team, you can look at that performance and say, look, you know, you've made a couple of mistakes. The team, the defence has made a couple of mistakes. That warrants us making some type of change, if that makes sense. So I think in terms of there, Jojo Wallacott will come back between the sticks. Rob Hunt, I'd be surprised if drop drop out. I didn't think he had the best possible game at right back, especially in, in defensively. I mean, um, or going forward, I don't think he contributed that much against Rochdale. So I'd go for Kane Kessler, Hayden back three will stay the same. Odomir, Conroy, and Critchlow, and Ellis Dolu, 
I thought he had a very good game against Rochdale and imagine he'd keep his place. I feel this midfield is where it could get a little bit different as well. Um, Louis Reed will keep his place, I'm sure. Ben Gladwin, you'd, you'd have to fancy Ben Gladwin with his experience and you know the goals. And of course, he got an assist down at Forest Green as well the other day. You'd have to fancy him to keep his place in that team. But I'm wondering whether... It's difficult, wasn't it? Because Jack Payne is so heavily relied upon and Ben Garner likes him. But I wonder whether if he's looking at Payne, he might look to make the switch to bring Jack Payne out of the team for a little bit and put Johnny Williams in, is what I'd look for. And then I do feel up front you'll be left with Harry McCurdy and Simpson. We'll we'll touch on Simpson a bit because Ben Garner did have some comments on him. But, you know, I would personally maybe look to drop Simpson for a game, give him a rest. I believe Ben Garner's liking this duo up front a minute and he'll keep the, the same two of McCurdy and Simpson there. In relation to sort of crowbarring Johnny Williams in, a lot of people said, well, Payne, Payne needs a rest and he's not been as good as he has been recently. It's perfectly fine against Bristol Rovers and I didn't hear any sort of complaints against Forest Green Rovers. I sometimes get the feeling, and I'm going to say that recency bias, bias again, that Williams scores, so therefore Williams plays, but that's not necessarily the key there but I guess the big question is can Gladwin do Saturday Tuesday because they haven't done that to him at all this season including the cups have they no they've not and that that could be you know the other change I just fancy that if they can keep him fit and he's ready to play Saturday Tuesday again then you've got to look at his recent last couple of games like I said he hasn't he's had an assist and a goal um in those games And, and back to the kind of Johnny Williams situation I don't think it's as much as Okay, Jack Payne's been poor because he's not been poor. He's been he's been a good solid player for us. But I also wonder sometimes if you look at that squad and you say, okay, could someone do better than him for this game, or could someone, you know, is there an ability there with one of those players on the bench to come in and, and put in an even better performance? That's what you have to question at times. I don't think it's just a case of okay, have they played poor? So we'll change them. It's sometimes okay, they might have played all right, but have we got someone there to come in and can, can play better than them? And and you've got to give these players a team. We've got enough tack and wealth there to mix things up. You know, you look at the bench, you've got Jaden Mitchell Lawson, who's who's back up to a kind of fitness and, and he's not had a league start yet. Alex Gilbert has returned from international duty and he's he's he'll be hoping to get into the team for tomorrow night's game. So there's a lot of competition there for places and, and players are going to have to be given a chance this season. Plenty of uh, changes in the squad ahead, no doubt. Shall we listen to your questions there? Yes, let's let's go for it. Tyree Simpson, he's played a lot of games for you this season, um, and he probably he probably had one of his more quiet afternoons against Rochdale. You might you might say the other day is he a player that could perhaps benefit from a, a little bit of a maybe you know a little bit of a rest even. Physically, he's very strong. His data's great. There's been no no drop in his physical output at all. And I think Saturday was a game where Tyree's movement. Um, and him doing what we've asked him to do was actually very, very good. Very good. Mm. Um, I think it was actually a case of not playing enough passes for him at times on Saturday. Uh, I think the movement of the front two was was excellent. Um, and there were times where we could have found Tyrese a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit earlier. So that's where a young player needs to understand that he's he's actually done well in what we're asking him to do as a coaching staff. Um, it won't always come. Um, but I've said this many times and I've had this conversation with Tyrese that the top forwards, um, the ones that play at the highest level, the ones that score the most goals and the most resilient, they don't get disappointed. They keep making those runs. They keep getting into the right places. That's why they score so many goals. And finally, he is, he is only 
he is the only recognised kind of number nine that, that you have at the club, that, that central striker figure. But, you know, if you needed to, if you wanted to change things up, could there be other players that you could look to kind of bring in to play in that, in that striking role? I know we've seen Harry McCurdy there kind of as a support striker in many ways. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, you know, for me, you know, what is a number nine these days? You know, you've, you, for me, it's attacking players. It's forward players. Um, you know, Tyrese is a different type to Harry McCurdy. Jaden Mitchell-Lawson, Alex Gilbert, they're all forwards. They're all attacking players. Harry Parsons, they can all play uh, up there as a one, in a two. They could play in a three. Um, and that's that versatility that we want and that, um, those different attributes. So, um, you know, Tyrese and Harry as a, as a new pair playing together have done very well. And I think Tyrese across the season has done very well. And we're really, really pleased with him and still feel there's a lot more to come from him. But we know we've got depth. We know we've got competition. Um, and we know we've got different ways of, of changing it and having an impact as uh, Jaden did at Plymouth, you know, played at Plymouth and, mm. and did very well with Harry Parsons. So, now I'm really pleased with the the options there. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that, you know, there were comments on, on these interviews about us not scoring enough goals. And, <laughs> um, you know, we've got what's that, nine in the last four, I believe. So, um, you know, we've turned the corner in that respect and, and we are we are creating more chances, scoring more goals. And um, I have to be honest, I don't care who scores, who gets it. I just, as long as it's a goal going in, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter where it comes from for me. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Ben. Good luck tomorrow. Okay, so you took the advice of your friends from Manchester um, and you decided to ask some questions about Tyrese Simpson. Now, you've seen Tyrese play many, many more times than your pals, but something must have stuck in those conversations. Is that why you decided to ask about Tyrese? It was yeah, probably partially that, but it, it was more a case of, I think, Tyree Simpson has been playing a lot of games. He's he's probably the first name on the on the team sheet for Ben Garner, and he likes to play him. And I just felt that, you know, against Forest Green, he had a good game. And he's been he's been improving recently, and he is looking like a like a good striker. But I just feel that against Rochdale, he probably had that little bit of a of a one dimensional play about him in the sense that he was getting the ball. Of course, he wasn't he wasn't probably getting the ball as much as he would have liked, but he often wasn't doing much with it. He didn't really look a threat at times. I just feel that it might be an opportunity to give him a rest on Tuesday and to try out one of your other attacking players, as we just mentioned there, because it has to be rotation. You heard from Ben Garner, though. He said from the performance point of view, he didn't. He, he doesn't think Tyree Simpson needs to sleep. And, and he's loving kind of this front two of Harry McCurdy and, and Simpson at the moment in time. I just don't think there's much they can do realistically unless, you know, unless we get a moment where... A player comes out of nowhere like Sol Price did for that one game for Richie Wellens early into his tenure. I think I, I think he is the only person that can do the job that Garner is asking from the number nine. Well, 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 as you heard there, Ben Garner's you know second answer to myself was on that question of you know, do you can you have the players there to play in these different positions? Because admitted, like you just said. Tyree Simpson is the only number nine. Of course, we just heard from Ben Garner, and it was kind of what is a number nine. For, for him, he sees all of his attackers as being able to play in that position, whether it's Mitchell Lawson, Harry Parsons, Alex Gilbert, Harry McCurdy. Ben Garner knows what a number nine is. Yes. And none of our players, beyond maybe Tyree Simpson, in, in once his, continues in his development, are not instinctive goal scorers, which is what everybody knows a number nine is, isn't it? I mean, all the others play behind the number nine. That is what I, I was going to say, you know, is even though Bangan might be saying this to us, he, he knows what we mean 
buy, you needed another number nine in there. And that kind of led led on to my question about, you know, what I was saying first of all about Tyree Simpson. That, okay, yeah, he, he's done well, but he is the only number nine there. So if he starts having a poor run of form or, you know, if he drops off in a couple of games, then then where's the competition to challenge him to take his place in that team? Um, ben Garner spoke about how, you know, he's really pleased with him and, and still feels a lot more to come from Tyrese. And he's only a very young lad on loan from Ipswich. But he also then went on to say, you know, look, a couple of times in these press conferences, you were saying that, you know, we're not scoring enough goals. Well, now we've scored nine in the last four and he doesn't care who scores as long as it goes in. And and I think we all agree with that, yeah. you know, because we've had problems in the past where we haven't had our midfield contribute um, and assist the forward line in, in terms of goals. Um, but this is, again, we're, we're, we're talking in the moment. When we're not going to score three goals a game and therefore when when we're not, people are going to talk about, you know, what options we have and, you know, swings and roundabouts. But I, I just, I, he will not convince me about on this, what is a number nine, this philosophical <laughs> sort of sort of question. He knows way more than I do about football, but we as fans, we know what we like in our forward, <laughs> in our forward. And, and I think here it's not about ability, it's about options. And, and, and don't if, have that. If Ben Garner believes that, you know, the players we he listed there, Jaden Mitchell, Lawson, Harry Parsons, Alex Gilbert, if he believes they can play in that position as well, why don't we try that in some games? Yeah, exactly. When he tries that, then it'll be a, a stance of, okay, yeah, we believe this now. If he if he comes into tomorrow night's game with a front two of Alex Gilbert and Harry McCurdy, you'll then think, okay, this is this is different. He clearly believes what he's saying. But if, if we keep seeing Tyree Simpson every game, and there's no break for him, then it kind of spells out exactly what's there regards what Ben Garner's saying. I mean, look, fortunately, we're getting towards December, so we can start asking about the transfer window again. Hooray! Hooray! I think that's a really good point that you raised there. If he believes that all of them can play in that position, then play them in that position. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Tyree Simpson, he has had a good little bit of run of form recently. He looks like he's improved. He scored a couple of goals, but you know, if you, if you go two or three goals, two or three games without a goal again, then then that's when you want to see those changes made. So time time will be the decider in this argument, I think. Yeah, and like I keep on saying, like we're talking in the moment. In a month's time, we could be proved absolutely comprehensively wrong, and Garner it was absolutely right. But from the first time we raised this as as a concern to now, I'd still sort of hold firm of my belief. Yeah. In, in relation to our forward options but you know it's over a season and you know I also don't believe just signing a centre forward on a free transfer is necessarily the answer it's got to be the right centre forward um, so you know it's not about just bringing bodies in it's just making sure that they understand that you know if we've got serious ambitions about going up then we need we need that sort of option. I agree like you said we have this team full of attacking talent but the thing is is a lot of those players are playmakers not goal scorers and that's what you know the field of club need we said this heading into this season we're in a good position in the league all players have chipped in with a goal but you do need that out and out striker who's going to bag you 10 goals a season so we'll get to January and we'll just sign Owen Doyle again I take it <laughs> yeah he's, he's not exactly setting league one alight so an emotional return to uh Mr Doyle right 
there we go. Easy. I've just done Ben Garner's transfer business for him. Could you even imagine? <laughs> it would be some scene, wouldn't it, if he comes back and and he has he has a great run of form. The only criticism of why you wouldn't want him back is is because if he comes back, he might tarnish our memories of him. Exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, in theory, 2019-20 Owen Doyle in this side, whoa, it should uh, should really do stuff. But then again, we don't have Doughty, and Doughty was one of the main we've got we've got Ben Godwin, we've got Harry McCurdy, we've got Jack Payne. There's chances <laughs> in that team for for little indoor or any out and out number nine if they want to come to this club in January. We've plummeted into fantasy here, <laughs> Ryan. Is before we go, is there anything else to add? No, not much. Like I said, it was it was a very more quiet press conference on Tuesday. It always is that way. But you know, Swindon hopefully can keep this away record going tomorrow. Oh here's hoping. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you very much everyone. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.